for families this morning. And at the end, I've got something planned. And, um, and it will be directed towards the couples. But I don't want to isolate anybody. And I think you will find wherever you are at in this room and whatever your status is, single, divorced, married, um, single again, wherever you are at, it will speak to you. And, and I've entitled this a culture of honor because we've got a, a culture these days that's trying to tell us how to live, how to walk, how to be, what to agree with, what to say, how to, how to say it. But there's something that, there's a culture that God has that we need to be in on, that separates us from anything else, a culture of honor. If you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 15, but before I get there, that, that's what I gave Mike to bring up, but I'm, I'm going to give you something to open this up with, it's out of chapter 6. It starts off with this in chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. Say honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Say promise. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Honor. Honor comes with a promise. It's the first commandment that he gave, that he gave with a promise. He, he said, do this, and i got something that goes with it. I, I've got something I'm going to give you that's going to come with the honor that you give. And if you are an honorable person, it's not going to be hard for you to give honor. If you're an honorable person, it might be harder for you to receive the honor than it is to give honor. But honor won't be strange in your life. And this is talking about children, children obeying their parents. And he says, this is right. Obey them in the Lord. This is right that, that, that we do that. So this is going to our, our children. And then the promise is important. The promise is this, that your days will be long. I remember that King James Upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's, that's how I, I grew up memorizing King James. But that does not have necessarily to do with how you live. It has more to, the do, to do with as long as you live the capacity of your days and the function that God has given you in that time frame will be used to a fulfillment place. That nothing will be stolen from you. That you will be effective every day that God gives you to live. I want to be effective every day that God gives me to live. I know that that scripture is not tied into just being an honorable child and you'll live to be 160. My daughter lived to be 20 years old. But every one of her days was full of honoring God. You see what I'm talking about? Everyone, not one day was stolen from her living a fulfilled life as unto the Lord. So honor. So, so, so let me go to Ephesians chapter 5 and begin with verse 15. 
to 17, and then we're going to skip down just a little bit. See then that you walk circumspectly. Say circumspectly. So that's, that, that's an awesome word, awesome word. In this context, it simply is translated as carefully. See then that you walk circumspectly. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise. So there's wise walking and there's foolish walking. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. So you need to live in such a way that every one of your hours on this earth honors God. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Circumspectly, carefully. Circumspectly. Understanding. Circumspectly. Circumcircular. Cyclical. What goes around comes around. Redeeming the time. Planning ahead. Let me throw this one in there. Planning ahead and planting ahead. Understanding this, what I plant will come up. We'll talk more about that. God gave me a little revelation on that for a minute. For a minute from now. Circumspectly. My wife gave me a great definition of this. Weighing all potential outcomes of an action before you act. Walking in wisdom. Circumspectly. Thinking about, if I do this action, what will the ramifications be? What will all the ramifications be? What are the possibilities of ramifications that are out there? Circumspectly. Weighing all potential outcomes of an action before you act. Act. We'll go down to verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
This is creating a culture of honor in our families. Can I tell you that the battle is on about your family? Can I tell you that the war is waged? And we're going to need more than just, I love you and I think you're hot. That'll only get you so far. Then you come back from the honeymoon. And you need something more than, I, I thought you're hot. You need something more than that. We're coming up on 30 years of marriage. Can I tell you, she don't want to hear how hot she is. There will come a time in your life when your words will be less meaningful than your actions. And you will say more with your actions than you say with your mouth. Okay? Circumspect. Careful. I'm not getting on to you. I want to help you this morning. I want you to have a culture of honor in your home. And I do believe that it comes down to this, planting, sowing, yes. But what you put out is going to come back. And it's setting a standard for your children that you live by. Not telling them what to do and them looking, knowing that you don't even do that yourself. That creates all kinds of friction. And it, it, it blows a, cultural, a, a, a culture of honor. It, it just flies out. It, it, it flies out, okay? Verse 15 through 17 is talking about that circumspect life, that, that weighing out the potential outcomes. What kind of outcome am I going to get if I take this action, if I act like this, Okay? But verse 20 and 21, I want to read those again. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The fear of God. We submit to one another in the fear of God. We submit to one another in the fear of God. The fear of God was first introduced in the Old Testament and, and it was given this, the fear of the Lord is the what? Beginning of wisdom. And he's telling us to walk in a wise fashion. You can't walk wisely without the fear of the Lord. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament was Yaira, the fear of the Lord. That meant the Yaira of God. Yaira was, uh, was an honor and a reverence and a respect Unto God. If you're visiting, know that this beautiful lady's my wife, and I'm her husband. And there's an honor that she'll get that nobody else gets from me. And it's supposed to be that way. This isn't weird. But there's an honor that she gives me that no one else should touch. And, and it's not theirs to touch. It, it's, it's right here. We live in a day 
where society and culture says, okay, the man is this, and the woman is this, and things have to be exactly the same, and we got to treat each other just the same, and, 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 and but that's going to conflict with the next thing that the culture is trying to tell us is that there's really no difference between me and her. But wait a second, now we're talking about, wait, now what, what do I say then about us? What, we're, we're the same, but we can't be because we're also different. And see, we get into trouble when we start messing with that stuff. And when we start spinning little webs, we get caught in the web. You know the only one that can, no, can negotiate a web is a spider, and you need to think about that. Don't get caught up in those webs. But the Bible says this. We can't add not even an accent mark to what God has said. The jot, the tittle. It was a mark of punctuation. You forget changing the word. You can't even change the punctuation. He said, what I said is what I mean, and what I mean is what I said. It's that important. His word is, is that important. 22 says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Ain't nobody in this world needs to tell you that you need to submit to men. It didn't say you submit to men. It said you submit to your husband. And we submit to each other in love out of reverence unto God. Do you see that? As soon as you stop honoring, familiarity steps in. As soon as I stop honoring you and start treating you in a familiar way, tell you what flies out the window, intimacy, gone. When I start taking for granted her, when I start Assuming that there's things that she owes me. Y'all getting awfully quiet. You're wondering where I'm going with this, aren't you? The difference in intimacy and familiarity is where I place honor. And when I place honor on your life, that builds you up. It recognizes every contribution that you've made. It keeps you knowing that I honor you, who you are, what's in this brain, what has come out of your body, our children, and everything about you I'll bring honor to you. Can I tell you that that kind of culture in the home will keep me not looking anywhere else for anything because it will all be fulfilled right here.
big amen. Just saying. As soon as you stop honoring and start taking for granted, intimacy flies out the window. It's gone. Communication. What you say with your actions far outweighs what you say with your lips and with your words. And in this passage right here, the husband is being compared to Christ. And the wife is being compared to the church. Now, if you look at the Scripture and see what, the, what, what Christ says about the church, it's, it, 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 he's got great plans for the church. The church is also called his bride. Read Revelations. And he begins to treat the church in a way that he doesn't treat anybody else. And there are benefits that come as being the bride of Christ. And one day it says this, that we will meet around the throne and we will have the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? So all of these things begin to make sense. Do you know that when we take communion, as Matt so beautifully and wonderfully led us into communion, that, he, that, that Jesus said this, he said, I'm not going to drink of this cup again until I drink it with you in heaven. You understand that, that that's going to happen at the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the bride of Christ is joined to him, that'll be the marriage supper. But right now, he still calls us the bride. That, that, that is the longest engagement that I've ever heard of. But he's calling us the bride now. He's, he's calling us the bride now for an action that's going to take place later. With that kind of example, I believe that he is telling me to treat her the way I did when I first met her. Can I get that for you? Can I get the door for you? What, how can I help? What do you need from me? Instead of familiarity creeping in and say, hey, you got, this, you got this done? You got that ready? Yeah, yeah. Treating her like an employee. If honor leaves, everything else leaves. When honor is in place, everything else is in place. Amen. I'll amen. Y'all need to understand. If I'll laugh at my jokes, I will amen myself all day. I'm just that, that human. The things that you did at the beginning, you continue to do. If the husband is compared to Christ and the wife is compared to church, which is the bride of Christ, he's always treated the church, with an honorable place where he gives us instruction and loves us enough to keep us coming back to him. Keep us coming back to him. He's the trusted resource. Okay? I want to skip down to verse 31. For this reason, 
A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is God's thing. Have you ever seen some some of these uh, things where, where, where people look like they're dogs? There's, there's some crazy stuff. And and people can actually start looking like they're dogs. Google it sometime. You'll be shocked. I'm talking about down to the hairstyles, to the fur styles. <laughs> it's like, oh, you look like your dog. Somebody thought enough of you to put a picture of you and your dog beside each other and say, y'all decide. But I have noticed that as people are married and age, call me crazy, but they start looking more like each other. Has anybody else ever noticed that? I want a show of hands so I know that I'm not just a crazy one. Okay, there's like 10 of us that are crazy here. So, yeah, some of y'all know it's true, you just don't want to raise your hand until y'all, y'all like testing, like, like. But it starts happening because he said the two will become one. Now, when it said to, in the, this is an, uh, we, we first read this in the Old Testament in Genesis where uh, the husband and wife, they leave and cleave. They leave the father, the husband leaves the father and the mother, and, and he's joined to his wife. And we've talked about this at our, our marriage conferences, but there, that actually means to cleave to. You leave and, and you cleave to. The Bible calls it to be joined to the wife. That is actually standing face to face. Contact adhesive, gorilla, clear grip, metal, glass, fabric, wood, ceramic, leather, paper, plastic, and more. Skin. Stand up. Will he do it? Remember what I said about college. (laughs) If I did, I believe that if I came to her face and begin to just pour this down, we would be stuck together until the end, whether we like it or not. And it would take a great deal of pain to separate us. That's the picture. Thanks, babe. That's the picture of marriage that he has. Why do you think divorce is so painful? Why do you think divorced people want, the number one thing they want to do is make the other one pay? If somebody pulled the skin off of your body, you'd want to make them pay too. I'm just telling you. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
So where you're, wherever you're at, it's your status. This, this, this is, is not saying if you've been divorced, you need to go back to your husband. I am a firm believer in Deuteronomy 29. That there needs to be a from here place in your life. There needs to be, because that scripture says this, from here if you seek the Lord, you will find Him if you seek Him with all of your heart. I've got to believe that out of all my mistakes in life, that He has a from here place for me. I've got to believe that. I've got to believe that as bad as I can mess it up, He can come and rescue me. I've got to believe that. So that's why I was saying a minute ago that I got a little bit of revelation on something. And I said this. I said, the seeds that we plant, they're going to come up. And I began to ask God about that this week, and, and He gave me a quick answer. There, there's a scripture that talks about good seed that was planted, and at night an enemy snuck in and planted bad seed. And what do we do? We've got good, good crops coming up. We've got the wheat that produces. We've got tares that look like wheat, but they don't produce anything. What do we do? Do we pull them up? No. He said, let both of them grow together. I also think of a scripture where Jesus sat down under a fig tree and, and, and it died. And he turned and cursed it. Right? Y'all remember those? The scriptures. Juniper bush. Different examples that, w- that we could give. I'm simply saying this. It is impossible for me to live a life that is so good that I never plant a bad seed in my life. I believe that would be thinking way too much of myself and to fall for that. And also understanding that there is an enemy just waiting for me to sleep so that he can plant bad seeds. And to my fault, I realize I've preached some things wrong about this, that there's a part that's absolutely correct. And I'm not saying what I have preached about this is it's not correct. It's just incomplete. What I have preached about the seed is what the Scripture says. It will produce after its own kind. In other words, a seed of corn cannot in any way, shape, or fashion bring up a crop of tomatoes. It can only bring up corn. The scriptural. The scripture also says this, as long as time remains, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So that those are his, those are his principles, and we fall in line with that. But there has to be from here places in my life for the bad seeds that I have let get into the soil. Amen. And it's very important that if He offers you a from here, you take advantage of that place in your life. Not all the bad things that you did back here when you were running wild or doing whatever it is that you did and living away from the Lord and you meet the Lord from there. That, that There's got to be this. Otherwise, His forgiveness means nothing if it doesn't cover that. 
That's why my forgiveness means everything to me. That's why my life has to look different now than it did then because He did something for me to cover what I did that I could not do. I must live my life different now. I got to have a from here place in my life. But this is what I was asking God about. What about the bad seeds? What about the bad seeds? And I got this back just like this. Pray for my mercy. And my mercy will be like crop failure to your seed. Crop failure to your seed. If I cannot believe that I am void of ever putting a bad seed in the ground, Right now, it is so wet from this winter. There is a phenomenon that God started. It's called a former rain. Farmers know about it. You can find it in an almanac. Former rain is not like latter rain. Former rain is rain that comes down from God in the cold portion of the year. That so, it's, its purpose of the former rain is to soften the ground and the hard pan. Say hard pan. Hard pan is a layer of soil that's not like the other soil. And it can get so hard that farmers have to use this thing. It looks like um, it looks like a scorpion's tail turned upside down. It's one spike that goes down, and you've got to have a very strong tractor to to make this work. But it it is a chisel plow. The purpose of the chisel plow goes down and breaks up the hard pan, and turns that over from the compacted soil turns that over, and then it's incorporated with the regular plow. But what helps that is the former rain. The former rain is, an, uh, is a tremendous amount of rain that breaks up the soil. I'm sorry, breaks up the ground to get the ground ready to receive the soil. I'm sorry, the soil ready to receive the seed, the seed. After the seed is planted, then comes the latter rain. You know what farmers pray for as soon as their seed hits the ground? Rain. They, they, they will sweat it to get the seed in the ground. Please don't rain. Please don't rain. Please don't rain. But as soon as they cover the seed, please rain. Please rain. Please rain. The latter rain. The Bible talks about a former rain. And a ladder rain together. I won't get into all of that. And he's not, I'll tell you this, he's not talking about weather. But even right now, there's such a tremendous amount of rain that if some things don't dry out, there will be crop failure from the seeds being drowned. We live in an area where, where we have these beautiful peach trees right up the hill here, right up the road. 
is peach trees. We have had winters that get so cold past the time that the peach trees are starting to bud that they'll go out there and they'll, they'll cover with plastic what they can cover and they'll take these big propane heaters and just try to change the atmosphere so as not to lose the crop. Because left to itself, they would lose that crop because the weather has changed so much that it will freeze those buds and they'll have immature production of fruit. You've seen it in the woods with acorns. You've seen it. You guys that hunt, you've seen it with acorns. You've seen it with acorns. Whenever we have an off year and the acorns that were supposed to come out, they, only, they were handicapped and they just barely made it past the shell. That means the animals don't get to eat what they would normally eat. We suffer for that. I'm simply saying this. It is within His power for phenomenons to take place that actually stop production. And if He can do that in nature, I believe His mercy can cause some crop failure so that every seed that I've got planted doesn't come up. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about? Wherever you're at in your life, child, parent, husband, wife, it's time for honor to come back into your life. It's time for honor to come back into your life. It's time for there to be an atmosphere of honor in your home. Christine, will you come play? And this part right here is going to be something especially to those who are married. If there's a war against our family and there's a war against our marriages, I believe that we need to speak to those areas. So if you are married... I'm going to ask you to stand beside your wife. I can't really do this. I'll, I'll just be right here. But I'm going to ask you to do something besides your wife. And I believe for most of us, even though we're Christians and believers, I hope I'm wrong, but I might be asking you to do something that, that it's not in your arsenal. But it can be, and I'll tell you, I believe it should be. And to create a culture of honor in your home and with your spouse. You can turn a lot of ground around right now. Now, I'm not asking you to turn your wife and apologize to her. That's, you know if you need to do that. But I am asking you to stand face to face with your wife. So... Whatever you need to do to do that, just go move face to face with your wife.
For Logan and Michaela, it may be a challenge. <laughs> Height-wise and belly-wise. <laughs> and I want you men to put your lips to your wife's ear. And I want you to pray over her. And it may be the simplest prayer. You know how to pray. And it might make you uncomfortable. But there's some things that come out of your mouth to her. It doesn't matter how profound it is. It matters that you did it. And I want you to begin to pray over her. Pray thanking God for her. You can start right now. Pray thanking God for her. God, I thank you for my wife. I, I thank you that you put us together. I thank you that we're one. Because your word says that we're one. And This is a powerful time. Pray thanking her for being the one that chose you back and being the one that said yes to you and the one that lives with you and, and the one that knows your strengths and the one that knows your weaknesses. The one who knows more about them than anyone. Just let prayer come to your mind over your wife. Honor her with your words right now. As you pray to God over your wife. and Gratitude for her. You believe God set her aside for you. She means something to you. That no one else can mean.
mom and dad, it starts with you in the home. I realize that everyone's in different places in this room. But honor starts with you. You build a culture of honor of your home, and then you build a wall around it. Still your home. You still have a say-so. You still have a say-so. You still get to decide. Because the scripture says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got every right to claim your home for his glory. You've got every right to sow into your destiny of your home and your children. And for those seeds, you've got every right to expect an amazing harvest. Amen. Father, thank you for honor. That as we honor you, and we take your example of how you have honored the church and your love for us. Churches, it's yours. And in your position, just like you've given us a father to mimic That, that the position we have is like Jesus in the church. Jesus, you were first to die for the church. You were the first to care for the church. You're first to forgive the church. You're first to provide for. God, let us be that in our home. Let us be first to forgive. Let us be first to call for peace. Let us be first to bring order and usher it and keep it there. So that we be like Scripture says for us to be. Revelation 19.7. I want to read you one more verse. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. This is at the end of time. This is when we're gathered around the throne. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. If we handle ourselves right, everyone will be doing their part. Everyone will be doing their Thank you for it, Lord. God, I speak blessing over every home here. I thank you, God, for a return to honor. I thank you for a culture of honor inside of every home and every person, down to every child where honor is instilled in them. I come against the world's view of the family because it does not line up with your commandment for us. And we're not going to settle for best, and we're not going to walk across false finish lines because we're going to obey your word, and you're going to help us. And as the church, we're going to make ourselves ready for your return. 
as your bride, we're going to do it. We love you, God. What an awesome God we serve. We give you praise for every family in this room, God. Every mother, every dad, every child, every grandparent, every aunt, every uncle. The family of God, every cousin. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you this morning as you go. Enjoy.